Motherhood on the second podcast ever. My name is Lindsay Cavett, and I'm going to be the host today. And Expressing Motherhood, the podcast, looks to talk to creative moms and find out what kind of projects they're up to and explore what they're doing and how they're finding time to do it. Today, I have Los Angeles mom, Laura Diamond, with me, and we'll be talking to her about her new book called Shelter Us. Shelter Us is the story of how motherhood connects two women from different worlds and how their friendship helps each other recover the life they've lost. Hi, Laura. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? Oh, I'm so glad that I'm great now that I can hear you and we got past that. Um, Good. Thanks for being here today. Yeah. So basically, I wanted to talk to you, and I'm, I'm always, you know, Super excited when women get books published and shelter us. My first novel, um, I had uh, one book before, which was an anthology called Deliver Me True Confessions of Motherhood. And that was 20 writers, um, all of whom wrote some aspect of a mother child relationship, some of them from the child's perspective about their parents. Um, but this Shelter Us is my first novel, so I'm really excited about it. Congratulations. That's awesome. And so you. when did um, your first book come out? When did the anthology come out? That was in 2007, which, um, you know, at the time I had uh, two very little ones when I was working on it, and I really was looking at, for just a project, and I hadn't even planned on creating a book Um and I, I put out a call for submissions to um, writers through um, a teacher that I'd had. And the work that came in was just so beautiful, and there was so much of it that uh, I decided I could put it together. And we had a, a small national book tour. We were able to go you know, six cities and do readings. And it was it was a great it was a great um, project for me with with two little kids because I, you know, I spent a lot of the time writing was during nap time and it was frequently interrupted by the end of the nap. Mhm. Because you were a stay at home mom at the time, right? Right. I had been an attorney before that and worked part time until uh, when, when my first son was born. I actually was very lucky. I got to take a year off from work. I went back part-time when he was one, and after about a year, I knew that it was not working for me. But it took me six months more to really come to terms with that and admit it to myself and decide that it was okay to stop practicing law, that if I wanted to go back to it someday, I would find a way. And it was such a relief. And then 
But what happened for me then, which was, I, I find, I, I love that your your interest is in how moms make creativity work for them, um, because for me, be, making the choice to become a stay-at-home mom and not working anymore really opened up my muse, and it was my children who who kind of infused me with more of the creativity that I hadn't had before. So when I when I stopped working as a lawyer and I and I realized, oh, I might have more time for writing, which had always been something that I just did as a personal hobby or or need an outlet, you know, with a journal. Um when I when I had that time when I was, you know, fully dedicated to just being at home and not having to go to an office, I did have more of an opportunity to write and um, and that's how my first book sort of began which was me writing and what I wrote about was kind of to my dismay always about my kids and I thought oh, this is kind of boring why am I not writing about you know big issues of the world and and um, something more intellectual and then somebody because said to me well 2006 more I mean I know you said the, your book was published in 2007 yeah. but this was you know, before blogs really started to take off. Definitely. It was before mm-hmm. blogs. Um, I didn't have a blog. I was, you know, I would go to a writing class once a week, and during the class people would read what they'd been working on for, since the past week. And, mm-hmm. you know, I loved listening to these writers. They were amazing. And, you know, there were one or two of us. That I, whatever, whatever, whenever I sat down to write, what came out was, you know, naturally, in hindsight, what was going on for me. And when you've got two little kids, you are so consumed by the moment and just trying to survive it. Um, that's, of course, what came out. Um, and it's also because it's such a, you know, raising raising humans is, is a profound occupation and getting to spend a lot of time you know, watching their development and, and thinking about how am I going to, you know, how am I going to do my best at this? I have no experience, you know how, and yet I'm expected to 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 guide them and and nurture them and and not screw them up too badly. Um, so, you know, in hindsight, I give myself permission for. Of course, I was writing about what that experience was like, um, and mm-hmm. so yes, that was when that was I I was started writing those things when I was pregnant with my second child. And during you know his first two years, and published the book when he was uh, two and a half. Wow! That's and amazing. my older son was six. It, wow. When I look and back at it, I'm so amazed too. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I th- I think yes. this is so interesting because you are coming from you know a more of you are a lawyer, so not necessarily a creative. I mean, you probably always were a creative person, but the path you chose wasn't necessarily that of an artist. But yet, when you had your kids, you said you suddenly, you know, they birthed some creativity into you, it it seems like, or gave you maybe the permission or maybe just that push towards wanting to really fulfill that now that you decided that you also wanted to become a stay-at-home mom. I just think it's like right after you have that baby, there's this huge rush of, creative overflow I yes. found for myself too. I just think that's it was that's interesting to hear from you. I don't know. I I I found that to be the case. I I had, you know, I had always been sort of divided between arts and sort of justice 
And when I was younger in school, I always performed and was an actress and didn't do that professionally after after college. But I had that part of me that loved the creativity. Writing was something that I'd always had, and it was my personal way of figuring things out. My journal was my therapist um, and my confidant and all those things, but it was never something that I thought about sharing publicly, or in a, and I never thought of myself as a writer. Um, mm. But there's a, there's a feeling that I get that sometimes it's like an elephant sitting on your chest. I, it, it's a physical feeling, and for me, the way to figure out what it is that's causing that feeling is to pencil it out, you know, to, to start writing, and I don't know what it is until I'm done. And that, that's, all, that's been sort of a constant for me. Once I became a mother, there was so much of that. Experiences were so profound, and so I guess it was natural for me to try to figure it all out, to, to, to process the experience through writing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I like that you said, said give yourself permission to write about it, because it was, I mean, certainly the last eight to ten years, things have changed a lot where we don't have to feel as ashamed to talk about what we're going through and that motherhood is not a, you know, looked down upon. Um, mm-hmm. I just, and I, um, how, so then let's talk about, so you, how old are your kids now? Oh my gosh, they're 14 and 10. And, um, so I, I think about different things. We also have, um, in January, we have an, an 18-year-old joined our family. Um, she's not, because she's legally an adult, she's not fostered or adopted, but um, she it's sort of like a foster care situation, sort of an adopted situation. So I, I finally have a girl. Um, and so that, that's been another chapter of our family life that I'm beginning to journal about and 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 mm-hmm. write about a little bit but mostly keeping mostly keeping those private for now. I know that I'll write about it more someday, but I'm trying to I'm still processing and also protecting her story because it's a lot of it is hers to tell. And where is she from? Uh, she is from Central America and she uh, came to the United States a little over a year ago, um, along with you know sixty five thousand miners, I believe, came to the u s last year um, that uh, people are calling unaccompanied miners. so she came she has a family uh, who she speaks with almost every day at home in Guatemala, but she um, had to come to our country for her safety. Uh, yeah amazing. and okay. Yeah, so we, um, through a very random action, a friend of a friend of a, of my mother, uh, got an email saying basically that, you know, there's this really lovely, wonderful young woman, and she needs a place to live, and can anybody help? And it just seemed like it was the right time in our life. As I said, my, my sons are now 14 and 10, and there's not as as much of the you know the little things to worry about, and I thought we could we could um, we were in a place in our lives where we could handle it. And I have mm-hmm. to say that that my biggest 
my biggest worry was what, how will my boys react? Are they going to be mad? You know, who's this new person? And my greatest surprise and, and admiration is that they have been the most welcoming, the most open-hearted, and the most loving um, members of the family that that I, I could I've never I never imagined they would react the way they did. But um, it's been a really beautiful transformation in our family. Aww. well, you are an amazing mom. So you could I don't know I'm inspired by you as always. Um, Thank you. And it's yeah, and it's fun to see how, you know, once the kids get older, mine are 8, 5, and 3, and, like, I'm still a ways off, but, They're you know. They're still this is, little. I know. I just got stung by a bee 10 minutes ago, but it was a call to oh. action for all three of them who, they're home with colds, but, you know, they kind of took over and brought me ice and medicine. Oh, my gosh. It was cute. Um, Wait, but I, you're... You're conducting an interview with three children, homesick from school, yeah. and a bee sting. Yeah, I give you husband, a medal, a mothering medal of honor. No, no, but then you know what? My husband, um, all of a sudden, I heard screaming, and I was like, "Oh God!" But my hu- my husband just uh, he got home, so it's okay. And <laughs> they, they, no, anyway. But so tell me about then. When did you get your idea for Shelter Us, and then? How, when did you find time to write? I'm assuming while they were at school, but I would love to hear about, you know, how yeah, you had your well, idea. Okay. I really like to so tell me, people about the time to write things. Let me t- say um, one thing before I start. So yeah. to, to find out more about Laura, you can go to her website, which is lauranicolediamond.com. Okay, go ahead. Finding time to write is one of the biggest challenges. And I tell people that when I wrote Shelter Us, I started out um, in 2008 was when I decided to, to that I was writing a novel because bef- before that I'd never written fiction. I'd never had an ounce of creative writing desire. It was always journals and personal essays. But one day when I was writing, I started making things up and writing in the third person. And I thought, hmm, this is interesting. Let me let me see where this goes. And I wrote the first draft basically an hour a week over the course of 16 months. So in terms of making time for writing, there's there's no there's no urgency and there's no deadline. And so especially for people, whether you're a parent or whether you're working full time outside of the house, time is always a problem or it feels like it's a problem mm-hmm. but it's okay to take a long time to do it and um so for me even even before that I remember when I was working on deliver me I told myself and my kids were much smaller just mm-hmm. just 30 minutes on a saturday that's my goal and wow okay. I didn't always even make that goal but you just it's okay mm-hmm. to have small increments because time does pass and you do end up getting more time um so yeah so shelter us the idea came um you know i was i was it's not it's it's a fictional tale but there's a lot of me in it in terms of the you know the main character is a mother with two young sons and i set it in the town where i live because i wanted to um, you know, be able to write fluidly about the setting. 
And like me, she was a lawyer. But after that, you know, there, nothing else is me. And I need to, you know, I always want to tell people that because this character, Sarah, had suffered the death of an infant. And I, mm-hmm. you know, gratefully never had to go through something like that. But I did, you know, feel once you become a, a parent, I felt that this, nobody told me how close to the surface a constant hum of terror would be that the worst could happen. You know, whether you're, 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 you're child-proofing and baby-proofing your house, you're cutting grapes in half and you're, you know, they get older and you're making sure that that tricycle, you know, you're running behind them and every driveway is peril. And you're, there's so much of my time. Maybe I'm a, a bigger worrier than, than most people, but I think everyone at least has some element of that, oh, God, do not, do not let the worst thing happen. You know, keep my child safe. Absolutely. And shelter us. Yeah, so so I think that was sort of the universal emotion that was infusing shelter us, that, you know, wanting to feel that you could protect your child um, at all times. And that sort of the, the title, shelter us, means that sort of metaphysical sheltering in one sense, and then a very mm-hmm. literal sheltering because the character, Sarah, as she's sort of reeling still from her, um, from the tragedy that she's gone through and trying to be present as a mom to her two boys, she takes them one day downtown to the car show at the convention center in Los Angeles, and she mm-hmm. sees a sight that she can't quite understand and process, which is a young homeless mother and toddler who looks very out of place, and she becomes almost obsessed with finding out their story and with saving them. And that is sort of the literal part of the meaning of shelter us, which is helping this young family get shelter and, and, and back on track. And the story is really about how these two moms, through their connection, are able to lift themselves and each other out of their personal crises and get back onto the path that they'd been on. Um, and that part, the character of Josie, who's the homeless mom, is an amalgam of women that I met when I, through volunteering uh, with a nonprofit uh, called Beyond Shelter, which is now part of PATH, People Assisting the Homeless. And I met young moms who were struggling and trying so hard to do right by their kids. You know, maybe they each had a, a unique story, you know, one They'd, maybe they'd grown up in foster care and didn't have a support system like I had had um, growing up. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to shine a little light on that aspect of homelessness because it's not one that's typically thought of. So that is, in a very long-winded way, <laughs> how mm-hmm. I got the right. idea for Shelter Us. And so you worked on it for a long time, well, since 2008, yeah. and then you wrote on it, you would say sometimes just one, one hour a week, correct? Right, I, correct. I went then, to, I, um, I wrote, uh-huh. I was, uh, I wanted to say I, I wrote the first draft in a uh, small writing workshop with a, a teacher named Alana Golden in Los Angeles, and We'd go for I'd go once a week. We'd have three hours together. An hour of that time was writing, um, and when I finished the first draft in 2009, I had 
the long road of revision ahead of me, mm-hmm. which was quite an education. Yeah. And then how about getting it? So how did you get it published? Well, so what the, the, the after I wrote a first draft, I was so giddy that I had written a novel. Yeah. <laughs> I've connected totally. a beginning, middle, and end. I thought I was done. I thought this I was so great. I was going to send it to an editor, and they would overnight yeah. it to their friends in New York. So I, I did. I gave it to a friend of a friend who was an editor for feedback, and lo and behold, it wasn't ready for for publication. Um, she gave me feedback, and I, which I, I feel it's, it's really important to have a very open mind and heart to the feedback you get. It doesn't mean that every critique is on the money and you have to mm. judge that yourself and feel what what feels right to you but a but a lot is and listen you know get, get a lot of feedback um i sent i gave it to a, uh, i submitted it to a few agents i heard back similar comments which really was valuable to me so i went back and made some changes uh to the character arc i tried to deepen it i I asked some friends who were writers if they had had good experiences with editors and hired an editor. We talked about budget and, you know, set a certain number of hours that I thought I could afford for her to give her feedback. And in that way, I kept improving it. So at at that point, you know, I was evaluating it, and I knew that it wasn't ready, but I didn't know how to get it to another level myself. I I had plateaued. And so working with an editor helped me. And, you know, and then there were times where I would set it down for months because I was sick of mm-hmm. it and I thought it was terrible and I would start to work on something else. Um, yep. And I think that was important, too, because it renewed me and refreshed me to go back to it with, with fresher eyes. Um, and so I, I, I submitted probably over time to 60 agents um, and... I remember I read a, a wonderful piece that Catherine Stockett, who wrote The Help, wrote in some magazine about how she, you know, she went through a process like that too. So I kept faith, and I think that was really important: was reading about other writers' experiences of rejection, and keeping faith that this was all part of the process, and just persevering, and telling as many people as I knew that I was writing a novel so that I couldn't quit. Um, and ultimately, yeah, I mean, I think those were very important pieces for me to just com- to commit myself by 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 announcing it to the world, and knowing that there mm-hmm. it was there was no timeline for a finish line that I would get there when I got there. Yeah, and I feel like by announcing something, you're also owning it, and and you're not um, not it, there's not as much room for self doubt. And, and you're manifesting it too. You're saying that I'm doing this because you are doing it. You've already you've already yeah. done so much work. But as women, I you know we tend to oh well, I'm not really doing yeah. that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You you really it really did help me to commit to it. And then people would ask me all the time, "How's the novel coming?" So mm-hmm. I I I knew I I I just I I promised myself that I had to this through, even though I didn't know that it would ever be published or when it would be published or how that would happen. Um, it, it is important so to finish it. did you hear back from a publisher finally? I mean, 
Yes. Yeah, so what I what happened for me, you know, I have the the from my first book, which I self published. I had sort of the right. the do it yourselfer in me that I you know I knew that that was possible. I didn't want to do that yes. for a novel because mm-hmm. I didn't feel it was out of my comfort zone. I wanted to feel the official uh, stamp of approval that this is worthy. And because I didn't feel mm-hmm. equipped to judge my, myself, is this worthy or not? Um, with the first book, so much of the of of what was in it was other people's work, and I felt that I could say, "Yeah, that's fantastic. That's great." Right. I, and I, you know, and this I, I felt much more insecure about. Um, one of the so I, what I learned, and you know, so much of the publishing and writing process is research and reading, and you know, you follow different blogs down the wormhole of the internet, and you're you don't know where you, how you ended up at the website that you're reading. But along the way, I joined a community of writers called SheWrites.com, which was founded oh, yeah. a few years ago. Um, yeah, and they're wonderful. I met them at a conference. I think I met them at um, Blogger last summer. Okay. Yeah, they I mean they they started out as just a resource um sort of a, to be a community of support for women writers. And a, mm-hmm. a few years ago, can I don't know exactly how many, I read that they were starting a press. And I sort of kept that in the back of my mind. Um I wanted mm-hmm. to go the traditional route, you know, I still fantasized about a big publisher um anointing me and the more and more I felt my book was getting to the point where it was it was more polished. I'd gone through several revisions with different editors and I felt ready. I decided, well, you know what? I'm just going to submit to them because some like She Writes Press and some other small independent presses will accept mm-hmm. submissions directly from the author, not necessarily only through an agent. So I I queried them and submitted to them and uh, they accepted the book, and I sort of interviewed them some more and assured myself that they were a vetted, curated, don't accept everybody who asks us um, press, and decided to work with them. They're not, I was thinking of she books. Who Elizabeth uh, has been published with. You're, so this is another site I see. This is She Writes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. She Books, I, I think, I, which is also great. I think they do shorter pieces, like novella yes. length or shorter. Yes. This right. is a this is an independent press um, okay. called She Writes Press. And okay. they, they've been around as a press for three or four years, I want to say. And their authors are winning all kinds of awards for you know, in the independent publishing world, whether they do a lot of fiction and memoir. Um, and it's been – so that's who's publishing my book. It's called She Writes Press, and they've been wonderful. They have amazing designers. I love my book cover, um, editors, proofreaders. And it's a supportive community of writers. You feel like you're in a graduating class of authors with each one, so – it's been a very wow. positive experience. Yay. Well, I'm so happy for you, Laura, and thanks for being on the show. And I wanted to um, – this went by fast. And yeah. You could just, so when does the book come out? We have about 30 seconds left. 
Oh, great. Well, the, it comes out very soon. June 8th is its official launch date. Uh, but I must say that my, I've been hearing from readers who pre-ordered it on Amazon. They've already received it yesterday. So it's in oh, the really? world. Okay. Yeah, it is Shelter Us. And um, you can find it on my website, lauranicoldiamond.com, or, you know, at your independent bookstore. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Laura, and I will talk to you later. Thank you, Lindsay. I love your show. Oh, you're welcome. So glad thank you're doing you. it. Okay. okay. No, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me on my second podcast ever. Join me tomorrow. I'll be speaking with Elizabeth Aquino, another L.A. mom, also a writer, and we will be talking about her continued intensive caregiving for her 20-year-old daughter, arranging all the crazy logistics for her trip to Hedgebrook in June, and her trying to eat more and just be more healthy. So for more information about Expressing Motherhood, please head on over to ExpressingMotherhood.com. Until the next time, thank you.